I'd like to welcome you out to another episode of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross. And I'm Chris Johnson. And because of all the activities and, and events going on in our own personal lives, uh, we had to skip a, a week. We just didn't have the opportunity or the time that we could make to, to get to podcast full. So in that regard, we, we apologize because we enjoy talking to you and we definitely get feedback. People letting us know, hey, where are you at? We, we miss you. What's going on? Um, and before we really get going with this podcast, I do want to say thank you. As a lot of you know, um, because you follow us and you uh, you know get some of the updates and emails and stuff, uh, our families have definitely been uh, been sick, and I know I, I've been sick and hit with uh, with COVID, and it it knocked me on my on my butt. And um, anyways, I just want to give my heartfelt thanks uh, for all of you who have contacted us and all of you who have reached out and offered asking if there's anything that you could do. Uh, but most importantly, it's, it's thoughts and prayers. Uh, those people and, and you who, who have been praying for us, thank you. There, there is a God, and we are in His hands. This I have an absolute assurance of. And there's nothing more that a person can do than to get down on their knees and, 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 and to plead and to talk to that God on behalf of somebody else. That is a humbling thing. It is something that I know is a part of my life, and I have prayed for many pe people and circumstances, and I will always do so. I know the power of prayer, and I can honestly say that I have felt your prayers and your thoughts coming you know, for, for me and, 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 and for my family. And I, I thank you um, from the bottom of my heart. I thank you for, for all your kindness and all your love. I also thank all of you guys out there that have reached out and that have messaged me. Um, some of you know that my family's hit pretty hard with the COVID. My wife is currently, as of this recording, uh, in the hospital. She is on a ventilator. And uh, it is a very stressful situation for the family. But just like Jared said, uh, we're men of faith. And it is amazing. I have experienced it so many times in my life that having faith in a higher power, knowing that there is a God, that there is a plan, it's amazing what you can endure. And as I, uh, I get to go visit my wife um, and see her in the condition she is, the comfort that knowing all those prayers that are out there for her. And as I slowly watch her improve, having that faith and knowing that she will be restored, um, it's amazing. And uh, I just, I'm really grateful to have the support that I have uh, with this family. And I do mean that I recognize all of you as brothers and sisters in the Lodestone family. And I really have felt it this this last few weeks and thank you so as we've been dealing with that um also we've been watching with the rest of you all the shenanigans going on in, in afghanistan um i was interviewed earlier this week uh i'm interviewed on, on a monthly basis by the central pennsylvania am talk radio station uh 580 
and um, we have a we've had a very nice dialogue. And uh, again, I, I've been interviewed. I think every month th- this year, I think they've had me on um, at least once a month to, to talk and and just ask stuff questions about lodestone as well as, as other things. <laughs> and uh, the gentleman interviewing me, his name's you know Michael Parks. <clears throat> He asked me what I thought about Af- Afghanistan and things that were going on, and I really had to tell him that our half-hour talk is not even remotely close the amount of time needed. And then he said, okay, well, with your podcast, are you going to address it there? Are you going to talk about it there? And I told him, yes, yes, we will. And um, honestly, may- maybe Chris and I will get to that sometime. It's it's a big package. There's so much, and there's so many mixed feelings. You know, the the way that things were handled. No one can say it was handled well. It, it when you see the regular news media pointing out the stuff that's going on, you know it's bad. When they're saying, you know, this is ridiculous, it should never have happened that way. Uh, shutting down Bagram, what? I, I know. You know, well, there, there's so much that, that, that goes into it. That... I guess real, the point that I really want to make is that we do have a lot to say. And um, after Chris and I take care of some of more of, of the personal stuff, um, we'll organize our thoughts, and we will spend some time on that. Um, I think it might be a two-parter. It, it, it could because, be. Because, you know, once the milk has been spilled, all we can do is learn lessons from it. And I think there are a lot of really good There's lessons coming out of Afghanistan right now. I, I will say this. I've mentioned to I mentioned it to, you, to a couple of you guys who have been at classes or or various ways we've communicated. Uh, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I will say that I have never been so proud to be a Green Beret than what I am now. I have been in on a group chat, a signal chat, for weeks now, where basically guys here in the States, we've pulled our resources, we've used technology, we've used computers, we have filled out all kinds of paperwork, and then we have used our, our influence in our individual networks on this group chat. And then we have been chatting with and messaging with people real time over there who then are taking this information and then going and, and I would have been happy if we just would have got one person out and we got one person out and then we got out a second and then we got out a third and then we got out families. And what this small collective of Green Berets actually using their skills when the federal government, when the State Department have totally let us and the rest of the world down, um, these guys uh, doing what they're doing and saving lives. It has been such an honor to, to just be a part of, of, of the chat. You know, a few years ago, several years ago, General Cleveland, uh, he was the USASOC commander. He came to fifth group and he said, who is the number one UW force, unconventional warfare force in the world? The Quds Force. Why is that? And everyone in fifth group, we know. The Quds Force, they're the Iranian Green Berets. Mm -hmm. We know them very, very well. We study. And uh, 
he said it. He was like, they are given the authorities to do their job. And we're sitting there like, this is our boss. This is the Eustisoc commander. This is the guy that's like, he's now going to turn to our group commander and be like, cut them free. Let them do their job. Instead, things got even more restrictive. And, yeah. you know, it's like... See, why, this, why? this is exactly what I did not want to get into right, right now. I'm saying something positive. Yeah. And, and then you immediately are going, well, going no, here. What I'm not, I'm not trying to go there. What I'm saying is that when the restrictions are taken away, when we're allowed to do our job, there's nothing we can't do. When we are, there's nothing that is uh, put in our way to stop us. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. You know what I... Ah, oh, there's just so much... That, uh, do you, you wanna, wanna hear what, what I learned this morning? blew my freaking mind so um i'm a big supporter of the nazarene fund we gave money to the nazarene fund two weeks ago to help get christians and other minorities out turns out jsoc turned over control and management of the airport to the ceo of the nazarene fund because they they tapped out we we, we can't handle it it's a mess can you do it and and they were like, you're joking? You're not joking. Well, somebody better step in. And, and if, if you're not, I guess we have yeah. to. So so the Nazarene Fund CEO stepped in to fill that vacuum as best as he could for that last week to try to get people out. That's, there's, there's, <laughs> that's appalling. I mean, obviously good for him, but yeah. it's, it's appalling that, all right. Hence, uh, as, as you can already tell, this is why Chris and I need to take some time <laughs> and, and organize our thoughts so that it comes across. We can do a podcast. I'll come across with a lot of very good information and food for thought instead of us just getting increasingly ticked off until we're like yelling at the microphones. Um, because that, that does no good. Everyone knows we're upset. Yeah. And everyone, everyone can see that it's all justified like no one can deny this and that's the thing it is painted in bright red letters on on a white billboard yeah everyone sees it yep anyways we and we we thank you guys rough couple weeks yeah you could say and that. and again we've talked multiple times on this uh this platform about having the um, the network and the the group, uh, you know, I, I go back to the prepare like an ODA and you know grow those those circles. Uh, I have felt that this these past two weeks, and it's every time you know I'm I'm a private person. I don't want to reach out and let everyone know that this is going on, but every time one of you has found out that that we're sick or that um, Pam was in the hospital. I have had, we're praying for you. We're here for you. It's, it is great to have the family that we do. So what we wanted to talk about today is surprise, surprise training. You know, I guess we don't talk enough about training, do we? And we have talked about this particular subject 
on and off and in, in different ways. But really, it's, it's something that we just want to address now and then maybe even in the future uh, when people inquire uh, to us, where should they start or, or you know, what classes should they begin with? We'll tell them, go listen to this podcast and then, then figure it out. This year, we have received a larger than what we have in the past number of students who have made the decision to come to mid-level or advanced classes when they definitely were not ready or, or prepared for it. We have our classes organized in three different levels. Uh, level one is, you know, a foundation series. It's a good place to, to start. Then you have our level two. That's when we start introducing the real world with shooting while walking as well as barricades and, and other things. And then we have our, our level three classes where it's really it's it's time that now you're in the real world and we really focus on all kinds of different uh, different things. Uh, it's uh, often a pride issue. Well, I'm better than that. I, I don't need to take a basic class. One of the things that you guys have listened to this podcast before, we've talked about it. What makes a Green Bray good is that we do the basics very, very well. Yeah. And we we talk about cephalic. The first week is getting those fundamentals and working on those fundamentals. It isn't fast roping. The first week isn't blowing doors. It's none of the exciting stuff. It's none of the Hollywood stuff. It's the single shot controlled pair for a reason. We have to get those basics down and you have to always work on them. That's right. So let's talk briefly about what, what are some of the things that, that you have seen um, this year so everyone can, can have a good, a good idea and a good example. And, you know, right now, before we go a little bit further, I want to say that the majority of the people who are making these kind of mistakes, they're not bad people. They just don't know what they don't know. At the same time, we have ran into some people this year who definitely did know better. And completely negligent on, on, on their part. Um, but they're usually the exception and, and not the rule. So to give you a good example, we did a, a, a custom low-light class. Uh, it was a two-day uh, rifle low-light class. and Great group of guys. Yeah, wonderful group of guys, privileged to work with. Yeah. Um, they had all kinds of good gear, and most... I don't think we even lent any. Uh, we didn't have any loaner night vision that we passed. Yeah, no, everyone had their own night vision. Everyone had their own lasers. Mm -hmm. um, good, good quality guns. Oh yeah. Um, all the equipment, all all the things, equipment wise, were there. Yeah. So, as the course of fire goes, we shoot some drills while we're still over to daylight. And then we wait till it starts to get dark. We shoot that same course of fire now using flashlights to identify targets. And we ran into not just one, but multiple of them who struggled to put your magazine into the gun. That's right. They couldn't do a magazine change uh, at dark. It's something that they had never attempted or never tried, or are they simply did they didn't have enough reps in during the daylight to, to even be begin to understand how to do that mag change at, at dark? You know, again, we want good training. We want to seek out all of that, and we want to use our time wisely. You know, and we have to 
well, I've been shooting since I was four years old. Okay, great. You know, I, I can skip the line. I can jump ahead. You have to be really honest with yourself. And can I do all of those things in the dark? Can I do all of those things while I'm moving? That's why we have the classes broken down the way that we do so that you can start to get that. Those of you who have been to the level one classes, you hear me talk about doing the dry fire routine. Dry fire routine is not just breaking the trigger. Dry fire routine is all of the manual of arms that you're going to do, whether it's in the day, whether it's in the night, whether it's raining outside, you know, sitting in the comfort of your living room and just breaking the trigger cleanly. Yes, you need to break the trigger cleanly, but there's more to it. Yeah. There's so much more to it. You can't break a, a trigger if you can't feed that thing. No, you have to be able to put ammunition into the gun and you have to be able to know and feel what the weapon system is doing. That's why live fire is so important. Uh, how many times I have seen people out on the range this year with an AR, which has a bolt lock that when that last round fires, the bolt is held open and they still try and take another shot. And I'm sitting there looking, you know, you're in advanced class. You've been shooting. You don't recognize that feeling yet. And I've had that conversation. A few of you out there have said, no one's ever told me that I should look for that. Mm -hmm. And yes, you should. You should know what your weapon sounds like, what <coughs> it feels like, how it behaves so that is is it not working because there's a malfunction or does it just need more food no you weren't there when i did the sid drill no no yes and and that's what that drill specifically was was i got tired of like i, I can't feel a lock to the rear i i can't feel a difference so then we just yeah shot and shot and shot and shot and shot and like just to, to feel that mm -hmm. bang bang click oh you just feel that Oh yeah, yeah. It, it is different, and you know it's one of those things. If you're if you've never been told to pay attention to that, you don't know what you don't know, and it, I, we don't want to talk about any you know talk bad about anyone else or any other trainers out there. There's so much involved in trying to get people to be good quality shooters and shoot well-rounded i mean it's not just shooting it's mm -hmm. it's land navigation it's it's food prep it's it's the survival being a light fighter being a light fighter yes and so i think that's where you know you you have some of these companies out there that they have 50 students they have four instructors and they're just trying to get guys out there on the line and get shots out there you're breaking the trigger and you're putting holes in paper, but are you really getting everything out of it? Yeah. That's why like the, the low light class, we limit that class. We sell out that class and people are, you know, instant messaging us. Hey, can I get, can I get a slot? Oh my, my friend got in. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're not in this to skimp on your training. We want everyone that comes to, get everything that they need and that's why we have those numbers set the way that we do what's something else that that you've seen this year that that same kind of a, a mistake okay probably the worst thing that i've seen this year and this i had an individual 
that thought he was at a level that he wasn't. He had taken some other training courses where they had given him some shortcut solutions that were absolutely wrong. Um, one of the classes he had taken, the guy wanted to run an AK. Uh, running an AK, the selector is a little bit harder than it is on an AR. With some practice, I know guys that can be just as fast. Mm-hmm. Okay? Big, and, and it doesn't matter if you're running a, an AK, a Styrog, an AR-15, a Travor. You teach by principle. principle. Yep. Well, in the previous training that this guy, not from us, uh, had attended, the guy recognized, oh, hey, you're slower at the AK. Hey, just treat it like it's a Glock. A Glock doesn't have a safety on it. Well, not true. Glock actually has several safeties on it. Uh, you know, you don't need to move your selector up and down. Just leave it on fire. The The sling acts like your uh, your holster. So when you draw it, you take the sling off and you do what you need to do. And so because this individual had been given fantasy camp and been given excuses and crutches and things that made him feel that he was fast, made him feel that he was at that higher level. He was very unsafe. And, you know, well, this guy said, I don't have to use the safety. Well, I don't care who that guy is. He's not a member of the Lodestone family. And here at Lodestone, we go by proper principles, and that's you put your rifle on safe in between every repetition. If your eye is not looking at that red dot, if you're not looking at that front side post, if you're not looking at that reticle, whatever it is, your aiming device, that weapon system is unsafe. And the other problem this individual had was because he wanted to run an AK, he wanted it to be faster and lighter and, and better. So he had some aftermarket modifications done to it that made it extremely unsafe. And so combined with poor training and bad equipment, this individual had two negligent discharges. I've never had that at one of our classes with a student having two NDs. When you, I wasn't there, uh, had I been there, that would have been the point where I would have invited him to, to leave. Um, it blew my mind that this individual had not one but two NDs. I mean, it's, it's very frustrating as an instructor because I want guys to be good. I don't want anyone to show up to a class and feel like they didn't learn or become better. And it was very difficult with this individual because he had been fed some falsehoods out there that it's that fantasy camp stuff. It made you feel good. But when it came, you know, the rubber met the road when there was a little bit of pressure. And we're talking, it was a clock. It wasn't an actual gunfight. Potentially harmful mistakes were made. If that individual actually found himself in a gunfight where the adrenaline is way over the top. I mean, I've been on the clock and I've been in the gunfight. The clock does an okay job at like giving me some anxiety, <laughs> uh -huh. but nothing compared to a gunfight. Yep. You know, um, if you're making those kinds of mistakes on the clock, man, you're not going to be there when it, when you're in the gunfight. And so I don't know it. 
I don't think that anyone is not redeemable. I would, I would love to have this student again. I would love to work with this guy. I would love this to be a success story where um, this guy goes from, yeah, I took this really bad training from this one place where they just basically Santa Claus everything for me and they just you know, put training wheels on here and, and gave me extra guidelines here, you know, so I, I, I just, I was able to feel fast and I cheated myself. And then I came here and working with you guys, I actually became fast. I actually became effective. Yeah. I, you know, I hope that's the case, but it, I'll tell you, it is very, very hard when you have someone that has been lied to. And, and that's that's really what it is. And and you're trying to tell them the truth. And no one wants to know, you know, but I've believed this. You've believed falsely. Mm-hmm. You've been fed BS. And it's, and you know, I, again, I don't, I don't want to say like, well, this company, you know, their instructor, or what, it, it's nothing like that. And it, I like to say, based off of my experience, I'm not saying anything about that. Based off of my experience, you always put your weapon on safe. Based off of my 13 experiences that were interesting, okay? Um, you put your weapon on safe. I'll tell you, here's a, talking about safeties. I was 25, I was a squad leader in the 82nd Airborne. We hit a house in Iraq. Um, individual comes to the front door presents a pistol i am the number one man because the number one man who was originally number one man tripped and fell and i ended up running over top of him and i'm an you know aggressive guy and i became the number one man so i meet this guy in the doorway and he's got a pistol pointed at my chest and i have an m4 pointed at his chest well it went to fire very very quickly and i was ready to do what was needed to be done and then i realized i don't need to i can take the gun away from him and I believe that that was the spirit mm -hmm. yeah. testifying me to do this. And uh, time slows down, and I take the, the pistol away from him, club him over the head with the pistol, split his head open, big two-inch gash. Um, later, got to help my medic sew that up. That was pretty interesting. Um, but then I go through, and I clear the rest of the house with my guys. Uh, one of his daughters came at me with a knife. We ended up giving her a uh, butt stroke to the ground. I mean, it was an intense situation. Uh-huh. And then all of that adrenaline, all of that stuff going on, when everything was secure and we knew the house was secure, I looked down and my weapon was still on fire. The ice shivers, I can still feel them to this day. Like, mm -hmm. I, like right now I'm feeling this panic, realizing that I had just maneuvered with my weapon on fire. I mean, it happens. Your, your adrenaline goes up, you know. Um, I was a, a young and a young kid. And I, I make the comment all the time at, at some classes, Jared's two oldest boys have more training than I did my first deployment. At, you know, no excuses. But I still knew how wrong I was. Yep. And I still, I mean, like, I feel it. I feel the... The uh, the shakes from it now, as you should. Yeah, you yes, should. For, for, forever. Yes, you, you should feel that. I will. I will always carry that with me. And, and if I ever think that you're starting to forget, I'll, I'll bring it up again too, just to just to make sure you don't. 
And that's what a brother does. That's right. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't take things personal like that. We're here to check on one another. We all get tired. We all get amped up. Stuff happens in our lives. I'm going through some stuff right now. Um, I have people checking on me and making sure that, you know, uh, things are right. Hey, are you feeding the kids? Yes, I'm feeding the kids. Fortunately, the kids are old enough to remind me, hey, I need to eat. But uh, <laughs> um, don't be embarrassed. If someone looks over and says, hey, man, safety. That is a brother or sister looking out for you. They're doing you a favor. They're not making fun of you. Don't take it personally. Yeah. We, got, we have to check the ego at the door. Another, uh, another thing that, that took place uh, this year. So we go to do our shotgun uh, day two class. And we have an individual who, who signs up. He shows up. Uh, he's had plenty of opportunities to talk to us or ask us any questions. Um, I know he's been to some other classes of ours before. And then here he is at a day two shotgun class, which for our day two, that's what our, um, we started throwing barricades in the, into the mix as well as, as movement. And he uh, informs the instructor that he's never shot a shotgun before. Why would you show up to a mid-level or an advanced class on something having never touched the platform before? So now, what does that do for, for the instructor or instructors? What does it do for the rest of the students? Uh, really, the most polite thing to do at that point would be asking him to leave. Instead of like, well, I'm going to try to hold your hand and, and then you just slow it down and, and, and screw it up for, for everybody else. Um, and our classes are, are clearly, clearly indicated what kind of a skill level that they're at. Um, with the descriptions, sure, we can add more information to the descriptions. And maybe that's something that we will be doing in the future. But they're clear enough that you should know if I'm going to go to a level two rifle class, I had better had fired my rifle or done the equivalent basically of, a, of our level one classes um, with us or again with somebody else who's reparable so that I'm ready and prepared to, to take that on. Um, I, I don't know how to fix that short of every individual that signs up for a class. I then at some point give them a phone call or one of us calls them and give them a personal interview to make sure that they can actually attend or they're prepared to attend the class that, that, that they signed up for. Um, mind-boggling that that they're that people will do that and as we I mean Chris has already hit on it a bunch of different times ego 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 um, but the consistent things that I've seen with people who come to classes and who aren't prepared for whatever class that that it is that they're attending um, the consistent things are uh, one they've had training somewhere else and again, we encourage people to go to other places. There are plenty of good and reputable places, but at the same time, there's all kinds of charlatans out there and, and, and people who peddle um, what they claim to be real training. It, it's just their fantasy camp BS. Um, and, and as Chris already, well, we'll talk about, a little bit, about that a little bit later, or a little more about that later. Um, ego. Ego is, is a huge thing. Um, people who they don't want training they 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 want to be cool 
and and that's their motivation that's their drive i get to put on all this cool guy stuff now i am a cool guy and uh, and and now i get to whatever i'm, I'm going to go run around on the range and it's just garbage yeah, I'll, I'll tell you guys that there are so many of you out there that absolutely are a joy to train i i get the class roster and i i recognize names and it's just like yes this is going to be such a good day because you guys want to train um you want to have that that nitpicky how to get better and it's not you're not coming to class to show off your latest set of cries or patagonias you're not coming to a class so that everyone looks over and says oh my gosh look at that rifle that thing's like twenty five hundred dollars you could care less you have that that equipment because you recognize that it makes you better or more prepared at doing the training and being well-rounded and there are other guys that you know show up and they have a uh, very very basic rifle the best that they could get and they're wearing shorts and a t-shirt and they're still training they're still trying they're there for themselves not not for anyone else they're there to get better absolutely love seeing that it's it is a true joy to have those of you that want to become better uh those of you that listen to the eric the viking and captain ron uh podcast uh my mother and she may be listening to this one uh, she listened to that podcast and she was talking about how neat it was that they recognized that they needed training and they came to us and they've been going through the pipeline and becoming better. And my mother is not, you know, she's a hippie, right? Yeah. A hippie. She gets mad when I say that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think she's having a change of heart. Um, <laughs> you know, she is, she is not a meat eater. Literally. She's vegan. Um, she's not one of us, but she does recognize that the world requires people to be prepared and it was pretty cool talking to her and seeing you know some, her validation of what we do about getting people taking you from one level to the next to the next to the next and i i love the way that we have things set up so it is you know in a, a sense it's a la carte hey what do i need to work on Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, man, I, do, I just know I need to be better. Okay, well, there, here's a training pipeline. You know, start with pistol. Start with rifle. Start with the level one. You know, come to a seminar. At the seminar, you're going to learn, oh, you know what? I learned a little bit about land nav, but I, need, I do need to do the, uh, the lowlands, or I do need to do the highlands, and getting out there and getting better. And that, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, is that we are getting better. We are becoming more well-rounded. We are being that light fighter. And when something happens that our community, our circle, they know they can turn to us and say, okay, this has just happened. We need, and you're there saying, okay, I can provide. I can give. I can help. I know I have the medical training. I have the defensive firearms training. I have the small unit tactics. Okay, we have to walk in the woods. I can put everyone into those positions. I've been in that leadership position. 
I mean, it can be something as simple as, hey, our car broke down and we're in the mountains and we need to get back to civilization. People are going to look to us. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about some some of the training companies. Again, we're not going to name any specifics, but we're going to use some characteristics and some some generalities. Uh, again, as we as, as you know us, we encourage you to go out and to go to other companies. And there's plenty of things you can learn. Shoot, you can take the exact same type of a class, but because somebody else is teaching it and they've got a different background and they bring a different perspective, you will be better off as a shooter from learning from them, from their perspective, as, as you will from us. So we are not at all saying, don't go, uh, don't try other things. We, we certainly encourage you to. But one of the things that... One of the things that I think is very important is to understand terminology. And there are a lot of companies that um, and individuals who, who push things that either that one, they don't understand the terms or two, they are purposely uh, misusing the terms. And a great one is, is the term operator. I am not an operator. I have never been an operator. An operator is someone who's graduated from OTC, the, the uh, operator. Oh, wow, that's, that's, that's where the word term comes from. Convenient, huh? Uh-huh. The, the operator training course. So it's a six-month-long course, and basically that's the course you got to go to to qualify to be a, an, a Delta operator, to be in CAG. That's what that term means. So when you have these other individuals, these other companies who are you know throwing out classes— a nighttime operator course, a red dot operator course, or this operator course, it's a lie. They are specifically purposely lying, and they are taking this term that has a very specific meaning in the military, and then they're trying to twist it to their own little use in order to sell something that it's it's not. And again, it's, it's that kind of stuff that starts playing into that, that fantasy camp, which is just it does a disservice for everyone involved. You know, look at someone like Kyle Lamb. We know his background. Does he advertise his courses as you will be me? No, he, he does not advertise his courses. He, he doesn't go down that, that path. He doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to have the smoke and mirrors in the fantasy camp because he's a legitimate trainer. He has a legitimate background. You got these other companies out there that they're, I hate the term, but they're selling comic books. You know, it's, it's, you might as well be the Avengers Red Dot course. It, yeah. Because that's a good, a, because good example. Because that's a, you know, a recognized term as something that's cool and exciting. Why do we use Light Fighter? Because that's something everyone can be. Mm hmm. That's what we should be. That, that's what we should be striving for. It's not requiring you to join the military, you know, go through an advanced selection process, go through a, a six-month training pipeline to become an operator. You don't become an operator in a 12-hour course over two days. It, it doesn't happen, you know? And, and when you, you see that, really buyer beware one of my peppies and i again i 
I don't want to like call any company out or anything like that is the, the bait and switch. So I will see a company because, you know, I'm not going to stop training. I'm a trainer. I'm still going to go take classes. Mm -hmm. um, I will see a company that has a survival instructor, you know, and I'll read this guy's resume and yeah, this is going to be a good class. But then you show up and that's not the instructor you have. You know, you don't have, you have someone else who doesn't have the pedigree who is taking basically their notes and then teaching the class yeah. from that. And I, I just, I think that's extremely wrong. You know, you come to a lodestone class, you're going to see Jared, you're going to see Chris Johnson. We're going to be there instructing. And if, if we're not, it's because it's a class, something specific, but like, I, like shotgun. Shotgun, yeah. You know? And trust me, you would rather get that shotgun class from Kirk than from Chris. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and for me, too. And, and you're going to know that when you look at the website. We talk about who the instructor is. You're not going to get that bait and switch. And I feel that, you know, it's that, that disservice where a company is just out there to make money not make better light fighters. Yeah. And again, the capitalists that we are, nothing wrong with, with making money. That should be the drive for, for most people. What do I do? What set of skills? What service can I provide in order to make money for myself and provide for my family? Great. But it's these people who, uh, along with that, their desire to make money, they have no real desire to teach or they have no real desire to to actually improve or empower mm -hmm. or or uplift and and that it's is just how can i separate you from your coins yeah. as quickly as possible yeah. and that's where the the mickey mouses come in the the entertainment there's nothing wrong with it like i i like to be entertained too i like to go to the movies But you have to be honest with yourself. Am I going to the movies? Am I going to be entertained? Am I going to go play paintball just for the fun of it? Or am I going because I want to get trained? And if you find yourself going to the movies and thinking you're getting trained, you really have to be careful. Yeah. It. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for those individuals who have deceived themselves who are not ready or prepared to teach or train really anything, but they have whatever they've bought into the fantasy camp. They've mm -hmm. bought into the ego. Uh, they want to be cool. And, and, and they have, they've thought, or they think that teaching and instructing, what it really boils down to is, is building a cult of personality. And I want hero worship. I want people to worship me. I really feel sorry for those people who who are stuck in that or trapped in that thinking that's what it, that's what it means. Man, I do a pretty darn good job when it comes to teaching and instructing. I'm I'm one of the best. No ego here. No. <laughs> do I find it uncomfortable to be in front of a lot of people, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Do I would I much rather um for my own comfort, would I much rather just kind of like slip away and have nobody realize that I was ever there or that I am, you know, or that I've left? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That, I, I am certainly not here to, uh, for hero worship. No. It, why are we doing the podcast? We're doing the podcast to get information out because we have so much that we want to share with you guys, but no one wants to read. Or I'm really lazy and I'll write articles. And right now I have like three articles sitting on my Whatever. computer. I don't believe you. <laughs> and I just won't sit with Jared. Um, but in the podcast, we get a lot of information out. Yeah. And we're having a lot of reach. Am I doing this so that people you know, run into me. Oh, you're Chris Johnson, man. I cringe. Mm -hmm. I cringe. It's like, oh, you know, that's not who I am. I'm not doing this to be Mickey Mouse. I'm doing this because I want to share information with people. Absolutely. Um, and I'll tell you that I've got some serious pride issues. I mean, I, I really do. When I see someone improve and it's a direct reflection on me, it's hard not to become very prideful. <laughs> It, it, it's, but at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with me. I just gave them a vehicle and some tools. They're the ones who did the, They're all, the ones the that work. did the yep. work. Absolutely. And man, that is, that, that is the juice that makes the squeeze worth it. When I see a student who comes to a basic class and the very first thing is they bust out a notebook. I don't care if it's, it's pistol one or if it's, you know, a land nav seminar or it's a, um, shoot, I'm just, we have a break on land nav. I'm teaching how to build a wet fire and they bust out that notebook and they start taking notes. And then I run into them six months, a year later, and they bring up the things that they have done with the, the information I give them. Man, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that. To, to see how you have taken what I gave you and grew from it. That's awesome. 100%. 100%. So we've been talking a little bit about these things that we've seen, some of these characteristics. Um, we've harped on some of these other training companies, uh, I guess. So what can you do? One, we encourage you to, to keep training. Two, take a good hard look. Um, we, again, we, like we said, we encourage you to go to other places, but take a good hard look at some of these other establishments, some of these other, uh, th these, these things. Yeah, don't look how flashy or non-flashy their, their social media presence may or may not be, but just take a look at the, their actual curriculum. What are some of the things that they're, they're actually teaching? Who are their instructors? Um, look into that stuff. And if there, if you see even the little bit of, of, of ego anywhere, I, I would run from that. Just, just stay away from that kind of stuff. Um, now with us, and this is going to be a podcast, I believe I'm going to start pushing people to, you know, when they are asking these questions, you know, where should we come? Where should we start with with training or, you know, where should we jump in? Whatever your ex prior experience or your background may or, or may not be. So where should we start? Well, one, the best, best place to start is to take a good hard look at yourself and then decide why do I want to train? If you're looking to come and do one class and wow, that was lots of fun and high five yourself, then honestly, it doesn't really matter where you start. Okay, come take a class. Great. You'll learn something and then you can go on your merry way. But if training now is going to start to become a part of your your lifestyle 
and your own self-improvement, then what you should do is you should start at the lowest level that you, that you can start there and then start working yourself up. It's important for you to build that good, solid foundation of, of the basic principles. It's something I'd like to point out. Yes, sir. Our basic classes are not basic classes. No, they're really not. They are a foundation class. And we have a student who is not of Greek descent. <laughs> uh-huh. Keep going. Okay. Um, that comes to, I swear, every, at least the Saturday of every um, basic class we have just to do the malfunctions. Okay. I see him all the time. And he comes to a lot of other classes that we have, which is you know awesome. He wants to be that light fighter, but he recognizes the value in training those malfunctions. And I mean, Saturday of our basic, whether it's rifle or pistol, we put you through some pretty good malfunctions drills. You know, you will find yourself one hand, support hand only, trying to clear a malfunction, and you can do it. And we make sure that you can do it. And that's a big confidence booster to you. But how often do you put yourself through that? This individual recognizes that and he comes multiple times. I've seen him I'm pretty sure this year, every time we've run a basic class, he's been there at least a Saturday. Yeah. Um, just to just to continue to work on that. Um, so especially when you're like recommending to your friends, hey, you should take this class. It's not that it is the basic class. Yes, we're going to talk about the fundamentals a little bit heavier than we would in another class, but is a foundational class so that you do know how to change that magazine under stress. You do know how to fix those malfunctions so that when you're jumping out of the car in a level three class and you have a weapons malfunction, you don't turn to Jared and be like, how do I fix this? Mm -hmm. You fix it right away because you have built that solid foundation of training. And that's why the classes are organized the way they are. It is actual, surprise, surprise, real training designed to really train you so that you're, you're empowered, so that you will have that, that foundation, just like you said, so that if and when something happens and that monkey's on your back, you've experienced that before and you'll be able to work through that and then you will be able to protect yourself and more importantly, protect your loved ones. That's... That's really what, what it's all about. It's, it's not about, you know, I, I love, or cool or anything. I at love like ringing steel. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love shooting through windshields. Man, that is fun. And oh, the adrenaline, you know, it kind of gets there. But am I out here for entertainment? Am I going to the movies or am I training? Yes, I need to train shooting inside of a vehicle. Absolutely. That needs to be part of my training plan but I also need to know how to work that gun in the dark. I need to be able to take it apart. And I know it's cliche with a blindfold on. There's a reason why you have to understand what the weapon system is doing. And you have to be able to do it by feel because when you are in those heightened situations where limited visibility because of inclement weather or low light situation, the stress is on you your hands are sweating like you've never sweat before, or you have other bodily fluids because things are going wrong. You've already been and built those basic fundamentals 
So you have that firm foundation to stand on when the waves are crashing down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So going back to that question, where do you start with us? Hey, you started the started that that basic class. If you already you know for sure you have all that that good foundation already, and some of you do who've you never been to never been to a class with us before. That that that's fine. There are plenty of like we've said other really good places that you can go to that you can build that foundation. Then our level two classes. That's where we start to introduce the real world. That's when we start teaching you how to to walk and shoot, and you start approaching barricades. You start really now starting to leave that that complete flat range mentality uh, behind and start embracing the real world and that again um, that is a great place for guys who and individuals who have a background who have done stuff uh, maybe somewhere else go to those classes go to those uh, level two classes and and start getting some more time and some more uh, rounds under your belt I would definitely recommend looking outside of just the firearms classes look at the land navigation it's you would be surprised how much of a a payoff that that is especially right now when we're uh we're still tasting and feeling a little bit of the ammo crunch it's a great way to still get training still making yourself better rounding out your capabilities and those are also really good classes for your friends and family that may not necessarily be into firearms. Um, as we're trying to get our community, our circle, more involved in having more capabilities, have everyone come to the food prep seminar. Learn how to build your food storage. Uh, the land nav class, again, is a great time. I. I love seeing, you know, parents with their kids coming to that class. We have uh, a fairly large land nav class coming up this Friday and this Saturday, and there are more than one uh, groups of parents who are, who are bringing their, their children along just so they can can have they can yep. camp out, but they can have that experience yeah. walking those lanes and learning how to, uh, to find their way. And I, that for me, land nav was one of the very first times that I realized that Hey, I'm capable. You know, I was a young 13-year-old skinny, scrawny kid, and that gave me so much confidence. It's a great way to, to really help your, your circle. You know, so we mentioned the level one classes. We mentioned the level two classes. And then, then of course, the three. And in the three classes, that's where we get into a lot of the low-light stuff, the vehicle work, CQB, and other more advanced skills. And it's, it's wild seeing some of these other companies and stuff or that's that's where they want to focus on that's where they want to do their fun stuff and then what's the difference why is there stuff generally fantasy camp compared to ours which is real training and it's it comes so much with with the preparation beforehand it's the preparation where a guy coming to one of our our level three classes they've already probably been to our our level one class where uh, they actually learned how to change their magazine fix that malfunction mm-hmm. they've they've been that level two class where they actually on a flat range now that they've walked from from one point to another while engaging targets while engaging steel doing a one to five drill 
So then now when they're in the three and, and maybe we now are in, in a house and they're entering a room and there are multiple targets, they've already done it so many times on the flat range that it's just just adding a little bit more to that experience and, and they can do it and they can do it safely. Contrast that to, to, to some other place where they don't have a foundation and they're just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, thrown to the wind. And uh, where they become a liability. Where, like that guy who you who was at the one class with you, who really thought he'd been to something before and really thought he, he had, had trained somewhere and, and was at a level that he certainly was not at that level at all. And ends up ending twice. Yeah. Yeah. There is no legitimate excuse for that. And we've been able to do and to accomplish a lot this year. We're planning on adding more classes and um, and more stuff in the, the level three realm, um, more ad- advanced uh, concepts and ideas. But the only way for us to be able to do that and take that as a company is if we have this, you know, if we have you as a good, solid uh, group who you you understand those those basic principles. You have that good, solid foundation, which will then enable you and allow you to take things to to another level and uh, improve yourself. Uh, it's it's absolutely true. We we depend on you guys to have the ability so that we can continue to do these things. We want to provide you the best training possible. One of the things that I'm really excited about coming up is the Light Fighter Challenge. Again, it's a a way that you guys can assess and see where you're at. We all need to be able to identify what we need to improve on. And that's what we should be looking at when we go to the range. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? It's one of the reasons why we, we train, so that we can become better. That is why we train. Yeah. You know, I mentioned we are looking to improve, and we are. We are. Next year, you're going to see some phenomenal growth with more classes offered and uh, classes that are going to be more demanding and some classes that are going to be um, technically are going to be uh, pretty difficult in order to do. And that's just so that those individuals, they can have that thing to, to look forward to and, and to, to strive for and, and to improve upon. Um, oh, there's so much I wish we could tell you guys. We're just waiting for a few more things to be finalized, and then we'll have some incredible announcements. We're, we're going to change and, the face of training in, and in again, Pennsylvania. It's not, uh, it's not the showy, flashy thing. No. We, we want legitimate actual growth coming out of all of these things uh why do we shoot through a windshield so that when we find ourselves in that situation we know what it's like so we can do so we can perform so there's not going to be a zip line what oh all right hey, you know um it's not a jumping through the flaming hoop doing the reverse somersault and uh spraying the room with two uzis as much as I've always wanted to do that, it's fantasy camp. So as we continue to grow and the announcements and the things that are 
to come that we are trying to nail down and perfect are all based in the real world. They're based off of experiences that Jared's had, that I've had, that other individuals that we have, that we know personally have had. And those scenario based training have been built so that you guys can be better prepared that if you find yourself in that situation, Mm -hmm. your body already knows what to do before you are having to have that conscious thought, your body is moving because you have built that manual of arms in there. When that buffer tube comes and gives you that nice little twang, you, you recognize that bolt is locked to the rear before you even know it. Your hand is automatically moving to that belt to grab that next magazine and that beer can grip. And you've changed that magazine. And then you realize, man, I just changed that magazine. It wasn't because you were trying to beat the clock. It was because you were trying to feed that gun. It was because you were trying to get back in that fight. And that's what's important. Yep. Well, thank you for spending the time with us. Um, hopefully that this, this podcast has been a little bit of uh, illuminating. And I'm sure those of you listening, you're like, hey, I've got a friend who should probably listen to this because he's about ready to get, make a, an expensive mistake. Or, um, or maybe you already have made that expensive mistake. And now you're starting to realize that uh, whoever you went to uh, you know, before, um, they certainly don't have your best interest in heart. Uh, one last thing before we roll out of here, and that is we cannot wait for the Light Fighter Challenge. It is almost completely filled. There are only just a couple of seats left. And, man, that is going to be such a fun time. It's going to be such a good time. And not only do we get to hang out and do we get to go through and do some of these hard things together, but at the same time, and more importantly, you get to have some of that alone time. You get to have that gut check. You, your your ruck, and that's it. And you go ahead and you, you go push yourself. That's uh, that's really what we're looking forward to. Um, thanks again, and you guys stay safe. If you end your training now, if you choose the quick and easy path, as Vader did, you will become an agent of evil. <laughs>